like to invite you this morning to turn to the book of Leviticus. Leviticus, please, chapter 25. Leviticus chapter 25. The book of Leviticus chapter 25. Verses 11 to 12. Leviticus chapter 25, verses 11 and 12. Follow along as I read. Verse 11 reads, A jubilee shall that 50th year be unto you. Ye shall not sow, neither reap that which groweth of itself in it, nor gather the grapes in it of thy vine undressed. Verse 12, For it is the jubilee, it shall be holy unto you. Ye shall eat the increase thereof out of the field. Let's bow for prayer. O God, we come before you with thanksgiving we pray that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher this morning. We bless you for your inspired word that we have before us that we can learn from and be changed by. Oh God, we pray that you would do such a work in our hearts this morning. We ask for your blessing upon the nursery ministry this morning for those that will care for the young ones and we also pray for the Sunday school ministry We pray for the teachers. We pray for each child. We pray that each child would grow wise unto salvation, we pray. And for those that are Christians, we ask, O God, that you will encourage them and strengthen them spiritually, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Saviour, we ask. Amen. Within the... Jewish calendar, within Jewish history, every 50 years was considered a year of jubilee. This year, being our 50th church anniversary, we are drawing some practical applications from what God expected from his people during the year of Jubilee. For those that were with us last week, we noted that the year of Jubilee began on the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement was the most sacred festival uh, within uh, the Jewish calendar. It was a time in which God's people devoted the whole day, the Day of Atonement, to be cleansed and to be thoroughly right with God. And it's by no coincidence that the year of Jubilee, the 50th year, was initiated on this particular day. And last Sunday we studied the principle of getting right with God. 
getting right with God. The year of Jubilee is the year to get right with God. We should always seek to get right with God, but uh, this year is a special year. It's the year of Jubilee for Metropolitan Baptist Church and I'd like to encourage you, now's the time. If you are not fully right with God, this is the year to be right with God. I was reading the other day in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 25, the reference to the wind passes and, and then it's no more. And the proverb talks about the wicked are no more. Just like the wind comes and it goes, the wicked will come and they are no more. But the righteous is an everlasting foundation. The righteous is an everlasting foundation. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And by placing our faith in him alone for salvation from sin, God's righteousness can be our eternal foundation. Let me ask you this morning, are you right with God? Are you right with God positionally? Is Jesus Christ the saviour of your life? We need to settle that issue first and foremost. And once that is settled, you and I as Bible-believing Christians need to make sure that we are right with God practically. And that was the purpose of the Day of Atonement in principle, in which God's people devoted the day to uh, self-examination and purification and cleansing and making sure that each of God's people was right with God. So it's by no coincidence that the year of Jubilee began with this emphasis to be right with God. That was our focus last Sunday. This morning, I'd like for us to focus on a further principle that was part of the year of Jubilee. And I believe you'll like this one. The idea of getting right with God is confrontational, is it not? And rightfully so. But I think you'll like this principle. Rest. Rest. Isn't that sweet? Rest. Rest. This year of Jubilee was a year of rest. Rest. And this is the emphasis here in Leviticus chapter 25, verses 11 and 12. The land was to be rested for the year. The land was to rest during the year of Jubilee. Now, this involved faith. Because the previous year, every seventh year the land was to be rested. Okay, so now in the year of Jubilee, we've already had a year of rest and now we have another year of rest. So the principle of trust was very, um, was critically important during this year of Jubilee, this year of rest. 
The Jewish people had to trust God to provide, not only for the 49th year, but also for the 50th year. It was during this year of rest that the people were forbidden to plant, to work the land, to harvest. They had to live off whatever the land produced previously or what the land produced of its own accord. They had to trust God to keep his promise in providing for that year of rest. And we have the general principle of renewal within this season of rest where the land was to rest for the year and therefore the land had an opportunity to to catch its breath, so to speak, as we would say. And then it would be ready the following year to be worked over and to provide, God willing, a harvest a season of rest, the rest of the Jubilee. That's the title of my sermon this morning. We have this principle of six days, six days, a six-day working week and one day rest in the Scriptures. All of us would agree that we need to refresh physically, but may I submit to you that we also need to be refreshed spiritually God has ingrained within his creation the need to rest even to rest with that which we work with as we rest personally this year of rest for the nation of Israel was the resting of the land but think about it this resting of the land involved resting of livestock Resting of laborers. Now we first read of rest in the book of Genesis. There in chapter 1 and 2 we are given the six days of creation and we are told that God rested on day 7. So the first mention of the word rest is in connection to God completing creation in six literal 24-hour days. And once God finished his work, he rested on the seventh day. God commands us to rest. In fact, it, the principle of rest has been ingrained a part of the Ten Commandments. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 20, please. Exodus chapter 20, Genesis, Exodus chapter 20. So in the book of Genesis, we have the principle of rest, six days work, six days of creation, one day of rest. And we have here in Exodus chapter 20, a record of the Ten Commandments, and God has made this principle of rest a part of the Ten Commandments. God commands us to rest. Note there in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, the Bible reads, Remember the Sabbath day. That's in reference to the day of rest. Remember the Sabbath day. 
God commands us to rest. And God has affirmed that fact by, by giving us and making this principle of rest a part of the Ten Commandments. As we move into the New Testament, the Lord Jesus taught the principle of rest and he encouraged his disciples to take time out for rest. Listen carefully to Mark 6.31. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into the desert place. The Lord Jesus said to his disciples, And rest a while. And rest a while. A while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. We need to come apart, or we will literally come apart. If we do not rest when we are meant to rest, then we will rest when we are not meant to rest. Amen. <laughs> we have a wonderful example of that when our Lord Jesus commissioned his disciples at a certain point in the Garden of Gethsemane to devote some time to prayer. And the Lord Jesus went a little bit further and he spent some quiet moments in prayer with God the Father. But when he came back to his disciples, his disciples were asleep. And the Lord Jesus said, could you not watch and pray for an hour? See, if you and I don't rest, when God tells us to rest, then you'll be resting where you ought not to be resting. See? God commands us to rest. Rest is to help us, not to bind us. Turn with me, please, to Mark chapter 2, the Gospel of Mark chapter 2. The Gospel of Mark chapter 2, please, verse 27. Now's not the time to rest and fall asleep on me, amen? Okay, by the way, all right? Uh, turn with me, Mark chapter 2, verse 27, it reads, And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man. This day of rest was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So there's that very principle that rest is to help us, not to bind us. We'd all agree that we live in a very driven society. The balance between work and rest as God teaches within the scriptures, is almost non-existent. See, God is not a rest robber. He commands us to rest. Let me ask you this morning, do you make time within your weekly schedule to rest? I mean to really rest. God commands us to rest. And on the year of Jubilee, they were to rest the land. That meant they had a year of rest in which they did not work the land. They rested their laborers. They rested their animal livestock. They rested. Rest time should be holy time. If you go back to Exodus chapter 20, please, verse 8 once again, we also note here in verse number 8, not only did God 
command the Sabbath, the day of rest, remember the Sabbath day. That's a command. But note in verse 8 it reads, to keep it, let's say it together, holy. Your rest day should be a day of holiness. The word holiday, holiday, comes from the old English word holy day. Holiday. Holidays are to be holy days. A holiday should be resting time characterized by holiness. Now we need to be careful that we do not feed our sinful nature during rest periods. In Romans 13, 14, the Bible talks about not making provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So the principle of rest from a biblical perspective is that I rest physically, but during that day of rest that I guard against unholiness. It's a day of holiness, a day of sanctification. If we fail to make holiness a part of our day of rest, that leads to weariness. Sin leads to weariness. And when we violate the principle of rest by gratifying the flesh, that leads to weariness. That's why you'll often hear of people on the return from their holiday, they will say, I now need a holiday. <laughs> and the probability is they've, they've devoted that so-called holiday to gratify the flesh and they've had little regard for the holiness of God, so therefore they have drained themselves physically. True. Rest day is a holy day. It doesn't mean that we, not, that we are not to live holy the other six days of the week. But during my day of rest, as I rest and relax physically, I need to make sure that the day encompasses holiness as opposed to gratifying the flesh. Because sin is draining. Sin wears you down. Holiness refreshes, energizes. If you go back to Exodus chapter 20, verses 9 and 10, it, it is very clear that we had to work hard for six days, but the seventh day is to be a day of rest. Note then verse 9, Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, 
thou nor thy son nor thy daughter, thy manservant, thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. The basis is given there in verse 11. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day. So the principle of rest on day seven is a biblical principle that goes back to creation. It doesn't go back to the Ten Commandments. It's reinstated. It's affirmed within the Ten Commandments, but it goes back to creation itself. That God created in six literal days, and day seven was the day of rest. So six days work, one day rest. So God tells us we need to work hard. We are to complete within the six days all that needs to be cared for and therefore we can devote a day of rest. A day of rest. Our Lord Jesus said in John 9, 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. God tells us that if we work, when we are meant to work, and when we rest, when we are meant to rest, that God will bless us. Note there, it's affirmed there in verse number 11 of Exodus chapter 20. Wherefore the Lord blessed the keeping of the Sabbath day, the keeping of the day of rest. In Ecclesiastes 5.12, the Bible teaches us that God gives sweet sleep to those that, Work hard when they're meant to work hard. Listen carefully to Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 12. The sleep of a laboring man is sweet. Many struggle with sleep because they're lazy. True. That's what the Bible teaches. You work hard physically, you'll sleep. In fact, you'll be on sleep, you'll snore. <laughs> but the verse goes on to read, whether he eat little or much, it doesn't matter, he'll sleep well. Whether his tummy is full of food or not, if he works hard, he'll sleep well. But in contrast, but the abundance of the rich, those that are wealthy and self-sufficient, will not suffer him to sleep because the wealthy are so concerned about losing their wealth that they're losing sleep over their wealth. But for those of us that are rolling up our sleeves and working hard, we will sleep well. That's the biblical principle. Work hard within six days 
And then you're about to rest completely. So there is the principle of resting physically. That day of rest is to be a holy day. Holiness should be a part of your rest, your holy day. Your holidays should not be filled filled with worldliness and gratification of the flesh. Otherwise, you won't be well rested. You'll complain of needing a holiday upon your return. And that's where the world is at today. They go away on holidays and they get drunk every day of their holiday. And they do things that are unseemly. And they wonder why they've returned from their holiday exhausted. Go back to Exodus chapter 20. Note there at the end of verse number 11 it reads, concerning this day of rest, and hallowed it. What's that in reference to? That's in reference to worship. That's in reference to worship. The day of, the day of physical rest is to be a day in which I'm concerned about my holiness and part of that day is worship. Worship. So there are three factors concerning rest, how we should spend our time resting. There is the obvious principle of literal rest from our normal work routine. This is good for the body, good for the soul, and good for us spiritually. This is foundational. But also there is the principle of holiness. This day of rest is not a day where I let my hair down, so to speak, and I fill my mind with rot and rubbish. And I go to places that I shouldn't go to as a Christian that are detrimental to my spiritual well-being. But also the day of rest is a hallowed day. It's a day of worship. Not only holiness, but the worship of the holy God. And if that's a part of your day of rest, then you will be well rested. Amen. God is to be worshipped with a holy life. The Lord Jesus said, Blessed are those that are pure in heart, for they shall see God. This Sabbath day was a time of rest from physical labor, but also it was a time of uh, devotion to holiness, a time of devotion to worship. Spending time in worship, collective worship, was a part of this day of rest. See, when we make our relationship with the Lord a priority, we have the greatest potential for rest. Israel worshipped God on their day of rest. Day of rest is not a day to sleep in. You know full well, you sleep in, you'll feel even more tired. It doesn't work. <laughs> Stick to your routine. 
Amen. Our society is getting more tired because there is less true biblical worship of God. Morality has gone out the window and the idea of a day of rest is foreign to most. When I was growing up as a child, the shop shut down at 12 noon on Saturday. I remember so vividly, Chatswood was a ghost town on Saturday afternoon. We'd roam the streets of Chatswood on Saturday afternoon and Sunday was a ghost town. There was one Chinese restaurant. That's about the only thing that was open. Saturday evenings and Sunday evenings. That was it. It was wonderful. And the milk bar. That's right, a milk bar. George's Milk Bar. That was open as well. That's where we used to hang out at times because that's, that was the only option. But that's all gone out the window. We have shopping all day Saturday. We have shopping all day Sunday. We have silly Kmart that open 24 hours a day. What is the point of that? Tell me, what is the point of that? And all of this is in violation of the biblical principle of rest. That's why people are so tired, exhausted, because they've moved away from the Word of God and the principle of rest. And a day of rest is a day which I devote that day in holiness and worship. It's not complicated. Our society is getting more tired. I really don't like going to the shops full stop as a man. <laughs> Amen. I don't like it at all. Especially on Sundays. Because I find that people are generally grumpy. Generally speaking. Because people are not well rested. They're not well rested. And we within our family, just as a general principle, we don't go, we don't do main shopping on Sunday. It's a Lord's Day. It's a Lord's Day. It's okay. You can survive. Try it someday. Our society is getting more tired because there is less true biblical worship. There is less, if not any, honour to a day of rest. The day of rest and worship for Israel was the Saturday. And it still is today. And one thing I really enjoy about visiting Israel is being there on a Sabbath day. It's great, isn't it, Zachary? It's quiet. It's quiet. If people don't have to drive their car, they won't drive their car. 
peaceful. You'll see people just walking around. Main shops are all shut, except for the tourist spots. <laughs> it's a wonderful feel to experience that. And this could be the reality in your heart and my life as a Bible-believing Christian as we honor the principle of rest. The day of rest and worship for Israel was the Saturday and still is today, as it was in the Old Testament. But for those of us that are New Testament Christians in the present, we have been given the pattern of worshiping God on the first day of the week which is a Sunday, in commemoration of our risen Lord. So this is our day of rest. This is our day of corporate worship. That's the biblical principle. And beloved, during this Jubilee year, I'd like to exhort you concerning rest. 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 Biblical rest encompasses physical coming apart, a day of holiness, a day devoted to worship. Part of this Jubilee year was the testing of the faith of God's people. If you go back to Leviticus chapter 25, please. God's people had to rest the land in the 49th year, being a, the seventh year. But here on the Jubilee year, they were to rest the land. And this gave them an opportunity to trust God, to trust God to provide in spite of their labors. See, God promised to provide continually for his people. And this Jubilee year was an opportunity for God's people to trust God as opposed to trusting in their efforts. And may I submit to you the reason why many of us are not well rested is it could possibly be because we have a little bit more trust in what we can do as opposed to fuller trust in God. Note there in verses 20 and 22, please, of Leviticus chapter 25. Note the promise that God gave his people. Leviticus chapter 25, verses 20 to 22, it reads, And ye shall say, What shall we eat the seventh year? Logical question. We can't work the land, grow our veggies. What are we going to eat? Verse 20 reads on, We shall not sow nor gather in our increase. Note God's response. Then I will command my blessing upon you in the, which year? Year six. And it shall bring forth fruit for how many years? Three years. And ye shall sow the eighth year 
and eat yet of old fruit until the ninth year? Until her fruits come in, ye shall eat of the old store. So God said to his people, you do what I say and I'll provide for you. In fact, in, in year six, I'm going to provide abundantly. I'm going to provide the equivalent of three years. You'll have plenty. In fact, you'll have a, a year in store. This was God's promise to his people. God promised to provide abundantly in year six to cover them through to year nine. And within this jubilee year of rest, God was teaching his people the principle of trust. Not only the importance of rest, but the principle of trust God. Trust God. Trust God. And I see within this principle of trust, I see the principle of contentment, living off what they had as opposed to wanting more. I'm convinced that many people work too much, not because they have to, because they want to. And that includes some of you. And instead of trusting God and being content what you have, you want a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. But pastor, life's expensive here in Sydney. I know, I live here. Like you do. But there's got to be a fine balance where we do our part and we let God do his part. Amen? You work, you work hard, you rest, you rest hard, and God said, I'll provide. Amen. Many of us work too much. behind the mask of, oh, pastor, I need to. No, you want to. Because you want to be able to afford $5,000 holidays every year. You want to be able to buy a new dress every month. You want to um, have cable TV which is full of junk and you want to do this and you want to do that. Am I right or not? We want to live a certain standard but maybe that's not what God has for us. And maybe there is a lack of contentment. And maybe there is an ounce of covetousness. We want to have a modern car that does this, that and the other. What about just being content with a car? 
that works, that's comfortable. This year of Jubilee was a year of rest. I'm not saying it's wrong to work hard. But there's got to be a balance between working hard and our trust remaining in God, not in our pay salary, and being content with such things as you have as opposed to wanting a certain standard of living because we want a certain standard of living. Amen, Pastor. Some of you are stressed, worn down, tired because you are working towards a fleshly orientated lifestyle as opposed to just being content. And that's why they had the Jubilee year. Not only one year of rest, two years. Wow, two years in a row. They couldn't work the land. They had to trust God. This year of Jubilee involved trust. Trust. We can become self-sufficient as opposed to resting in the sufficiency of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. Beloved, we are saved by faith and we are called to walk by faith. That's the biblical principle. And there's got to be a fine line between working hard, yes, but what about the principle of rest? Some of us, are so worn down physically that we've got no time for the Lord. What's the point of that? Do you think that's how God meant it? I don't think so. No. Nah. No way. See, during this year of Jubilee... Let's take this mandate to rest more seriously. Biblical rest involves resting physically, one day out of seven. That's all. Not two, not three. One. One full day. If you rest fully one day, you should be right, mate. And that rest needs to be in the context of holiness and worship. And by honouring this day of rest, we are giving God the opportunity to prove that he will provide for my needs in spite of how hard I work. A year of rest. Now, practically, this is the reason we have 
chosen to have a break from the Life Stages ministry. This should give you an extra hour each Sunday morning. You'll be well rested. Spend more time, spend more time with the Lord. I would guess that some of you on a normal, when Life Stages was on, you did not have a quiet time. now you're without excuse. <laughs> Got an extra hour. We're resting some of our teachers. You've got more time to spend with the Lord. There's still plenty of opportunities to grow as a Christian. There's Sunday morning service, there's Sunday night service, there's Wednesday night service. We'll have different ministries to cater for different age groups in the church. Don't worry, you won't be neglected. But we're resting that portion of the land for this year. Just to illustrate the importance of you and I needing to rest and trust God. Trust God. Please don't get me wrong. I know there are some that have to work on the rest day of worship. This is a work day for me. And there are those that have to work on Sunday and I'm glad they do. That was understood within the biblical setting. But the point is, those of us that don't have to, we shouldn't. Because it's not good for us. And don't you think God knows best? Talk to me. God knows best. So let's just take God at his word, work hard for six days, have that day of rest, devote that day to maintaining holiness, devote that day to worship, being with God's people, Sunday morning, Sunday night, have a good snooze on Sunday afternoon, Amen. Get home on Sunday night at a reasonable time and you should be well rested. A year of Jubilee, a year of rest. May God help us to take seriously the importance of rest. Rest. Rest physically encompasses holiness, encompasses Worship. Let's bow for prayer.